Hey, everybody, welcome to an episode of Big Apple Hockey that I am absolutely stoked and waiting for. I've been waiting for this for a while. Uh, right now, with me and Anthony, we're going to have Filk coming on any minute. So it's, it's, and also, obviously, our guest is going to be coming in. I am Mark Williams, your host. And as you can see on the bottom right there, before I flash the card, that it, it is great. We're going to be having Neil Smith coming on with us at any yeah. moment. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, him up. yeah. All right. Well, well, let's get you, Anthony, Anthony LaRocco. Yeah. Ready for, uh, we got a great guest, Neil Smith, joining us right now. So uh, let's get this started. Talk some hockey. Well, we also got, just to say real quick, Mr. John Falkowski, who just said the top right. 30 defensemen in the league. We'll be going over more of that. And we're happy to bring in a man who has a Stanley Cup ring with the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders, just like Greg Gilbert, Neil. Uh, yeah. Hey, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, guys. Yeah. I'm good. Thanks. Uh, how are? How's everybody? Very good. Very good. Counting down good. the days to hockey training month. Looking forward yeah. to it. Yeah. Can't wait for the season to start, Neil. That's what's what's going to be so great about that. Um, and uh, Anthony, do you want to start off the questions? I mean, you got got a load for him. I guess. Um, you know, start from the very beginning, Neil. Uh, obviously, you were, you were drafted by the New York Islanders, uh, intro to your hockey career. Uh, and then you had the pleasure of working with legends like Bill Torrey and, and Al Arbor. Um, just, you know, what, what kind of influences did you learn from them? And, you know, how did you kind of take that going forward? Oh, it was a tremendous influence on me because it was the first time, you know, I was working uh, – in the NHL, lucky to be working in the NHL because I'd been a minor league player and I just got this opportunity to work for free for Al, basically to go around the games and pre-scout uh, games. I offered to do it. I didn't need to get paid. And then, um, you know, I, I just listened and learned and uh, idolized those guys and, and how they did things and how they talked, uh, you know, what they looked for in the players. And, um, uh, you know, just tried, tried to soak it all in. And for those two years, um, the second year I got paid, I got 10,000 bucks. So that was a big, uh, big salary for me. Um, and then after that, I, you know, I, I felt like it, it was, you know, you really, uh, it's, it was really an amazing thing because I was with them in 81 when they beat Minnesota and then in 82 when they beat Vancouver. And um, you sort of right away get used to winning and you don't want to not win. You know, it, it drives you nuts if you don't win. So that, that was the biggest thing you learned is that um, the winning culture uh, only accepts winning. Now, before yeah, I yeah. hand it off to, uh, to John here for follow-up there, um, being you're around the team, when you think about Mike Bossy and how prolific a goal scorer he was, I think it was a nine consecutive 50-goal season. Some of those were over 60 um, do you think if it weren't for his debilitating back injuries that he might be the all-time leading goal scorer in the NHL or close to it at least? I think it would have been a lot higher. I don't know if he would have beat uh, Gretzky's uh, marks because they're almost, you know, unhuman, like uh, the 92 goals <laughs> of one year and, and so on. But probably Boss, with if he hadn't had the, that back injury, would have gotten a lot more goals and gotten a lot more time in the league. Um, you know, he, 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 like Craig Simpson, who used to play for, uh, Edmonton and, and Pittsburgh, 
those guys that want to get goals, they got to get in front of the net. And during that era, you could actually touch people. Um, so they were cross-checking everybody in the back, and that's how your back gets really banged up. And and I think that that was the same for Mike. Um, and, but he was just an unbelievable goal scorer. Mark, Neil, I, I, I got to ask you, because I told you before, one of the first introductions I had to hockey was Poised for Glory, which was the 89-90 yearbook. And there was a profile of this mid-30s bright-eyed kid that was named – the Rangers GM. What was it like being the GM at that time, especially when they weren't just handing out jobs to young kids like Kyle Dubas or John Chaka? You know, that's a great question because uh, not many people ask that. And I'll, I'll color that in for you. Uh, you know, I'd been in Detroit for seven years. Um, we'd had some really good uh, drafts and we were, we were getting back from being the dead things is what they called the red wings, the dead things. Um, <laughs> we had Iserman and, and, and others uh, that were Probert and Koser and these guys. So we were getting to be pretty good. And my name got over to the guys that were um, at the garden. And, um, you know, I, I interviewed for it and it took them, uh, I, I think I interviewed for it in, um, in May and they didn't hire me until the middle of July um, after uh, several people turned them down for the job. Um, Scotty Bowman and uh, I think um, um, I think they talked to Herb Brooks and I think they 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 talked to uh, a number of higher profile people. Obviously, everybody was higher profile than me. But um, and then they got around to me and I think I blew them away with how much I knew about the Rangers and how much I knew about the franchise and and uh, the history of the team and that. Um, I'm a real original six uh, student, so I, I love the, the history of the game. And um, so then, then when I got it, I mean, it was unfathomable that I was going to get this job because, you know, it's, it, you're going to not only get a GM job in, in uh, the NHL, but New York, you know, the, the original mm -hmm. six New York Rangers. So, you know, I flew in, I did my contract with them. Uh, it was 135, 145, 155, and 200. That was a four-year deal that I got. Um, at that, and at the time, I was thrilled. I was coming off of making 60 in Detroit as chief scout. Um, and that was just that era. That's what people got paid in that era. So um, David Dinkins was the mayor when I got there. You know that wild, wild west it was when he, when he was the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, so it was really different there. And I, I was scared to death. To be honest with you, I was scared to death. I, I was, I, I had the imposter syndrome. Do you know what the imposter syndrome is? It's a real thing in psychology. It's, it's when you, you yourself believe you're an imposter and sooner or later they're going to find out that you're an imposter because you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be there. So you're just this, any one of you guys could, could think in your own life, like you I'm just this kid from Don Mills, Ontario, Toronto, like, and all of a sudden I'm the GM of the Rangers. Like, aren't they going to figure this out that I'm no, I'm nobody. So that's how you sort of start into it. And then it was, it was, uh, it was scary for me. Um, but the first year um, I, after the first year we ended in first place for the first time since 1942, that gave me a lot of, confidence, a bit more swagger for myself. 
Uh, Roger Nielsen, that was one of the smartest things I ever did was hire him at the beginning so that I could learn what to do while he was coaching is in, and, you know, he'd coach a number of teams. Um, and, and so, you know, my nerves quelled after a while, but I got to tell you that, you know, I was there from 35 to 45 years of age. And, um, it, it took, you know, I was in my, after it was took till after the cup that you're really, um, confident and not afraid that they might fire you any day and all that crap. Um, in the beginning, the first three years, like I had no idea what to expect, you know, at any moment, you know, around Paramount, people were getting fired and changes were being made. And, um, I was just hoping it wouldn't be me. And luckily it wasn't. Mark, I know you had a good follow-up to that. So, yeah. Uh, Neil, so you had the president's trophy in 92 outstanding team, arguably a better team than the 94 team, but that's a different story right now. The disaster that happened in 93, finishing in last place. And then 94, another president's trophy, a lot of optimism. At what point in that season did you look at that team and go, this this team's going to win the cup? I don't know that I said this team's going to win the cup, but I said that this team has a chance to win the cup. Um, and, and then, of course, um, when the buzzer went in game seven with Vancouver, I said, this team's going to win the cup. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, I, I thought um, that we should have won the cup in 92. We'll get to that whenever you want to. Um, but, you know, we sort of choked there on, on, with, the lo- with the long goal by Francis and, um, and we didn't score on the five on three right before that. I can go through all that in, in that game and then Graves gets suspended. Um, but anyway, uh, when we didn't win then, I, some of the guys, I think Mark thought, you know, Roger, we'll never get there with Roger. And he sort of, I know he didn't think that we would win with Roger, ultimately win. So when we went into that 92, 93 year, you know, there was some locker room problems in the, in the respect that you need as a head coach. And, um, and then we got injuries. Mess got hurt that year. Brian Leach near the end of the year broke his ankle. Um, we had a whole rash of stuff go wrong. Everything that could go wrong, I think, did. But I really felt that that was a team that could win the cup. As, as silly as it sounds when you're missing the playoffs, um, this was not this year's Pittsburgh Penguins that missed the playoffs you know they they miss the playoffs and they think they're going to be a cup contender next year which i find hard to believe but um i love that sound bite. i just gotta say that yeah, Sorry, yeah. That <laughs> yeah for sure um absolutely but, you know I, I really believe that we were there i mean we had messier we had leach we had richter we had graves we had all those components that ended up being the pillars of the stanley cup team and i knew that we needed a coach though going into that 93, 94, that knew how to handle players that were high-end high end players and that had handled them before. So the guys that had done that that I knew of were Al Arbor. He was coaching the Islanders. Scotty Bowman, he was coaching the Penguins or was about to coach them actually because uh, Bob Johnson was still alive because it, Bob was it? Uh, no, sorry. No, I'm wrong. Bob Johnson was not. Scotty was coaching the 90 the 92 team 
uh, the Penguin team that knocked us out. And he was over I, at the Red Wings, I believe, at that time. Yeah. No, not not yet. He hadn't. I don't think he'd gone yet. Not in he, he in ninety one, ninety two. He was coaching Pittsburgh. They won the cup. Ninety two, ninety three. Uh, I'm ninety two, ninety three. I think he was still there. Anyway, yeah. I can't remember where he was in ninety three, ninety four. But I he was one of the three guys I named to to the uh, to our people, and then there was Mike Keenan who had just been fired in Chicago as GM. And I knew he'd won Canada Cups and all this other stuff. So he was one of the targets that I thought we should get to coach the team. And um, and so it ended up, he was the only one available and we got him. We got him. So obviously, Neil, you, you got to the top, won it all, the 94, great team, well-constructed. Uh, I've watched the uh, the Road to Victory video several times and the discussions you had with Keenan about the team construction how hard was it to try to get back to the top of the mountain, considering all the deals that you made? I mean, the, the big one in, with L.A. in 96 you made, um, the Zubob Nedved deals. How hard was it to try to get back up to the top? Well, you know, the league is, is always changing. And I think one of the things that really hurt us uh, as far as being maybe having a chance to win another cup, um, you know, the lockout of 94-95, uh, where we only got half a season in. Um, and uh, so th that that hurt us because we weren't able to do what normal championship teams do. They start the season, they go all over the league with the, as the champs. Um, uh, we only got to play the Eastern Conference and we only had this the, that second half of the year. We didn't have a good uh, whatever 40 game season that year, I think we, we squeaked into the playoffs at the, at the end there, we still knocked out Quebec, which was the best team in, in 94, 95. And then we went on to get swept by Philly and the Legion of doom and all that stuff. And it was at that point where you saw what our weaknesses were. And, and also um, with the changes in the, in the CBA brought free agency. And this is where, it really hurt us because if you think about it, when you went from very, very little free agency, very little to now, if you're 30 or over um, and your contract expires, you're a free agent. You can't be qualified by your team. You can just walk out and go wherever you want. Well, who's going to have the better older players is probably the team that won the championship, right? Because they're not going to be a, Back in those days, it wasn't going to be a team of kids that's going to win the cup. It's going to be solid veterans and and so on. So now we have the, we lose a ton of players because they come to New York. We had a good team. Uh, I mean, immediately Anderson goes to St. Louis. Um, uh, 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 we lost uh, Noonan to St. Louis right away. Uh, Mac T wouldn't come back because he was afraid Keenan was still going to be the coach, so he went to <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> and um, and so we lost those three right away. Well, that's okay. But then, you know, you, you, you make other moves. For example, I gave a first-round pick to get Pat Verbeek. He played really well for us. Suddenly, he's a free agent, and he goes to Dallas. And that's another big blow. And then you Bukaboom uh, became a free agent, and I had to do everything I could to keep him with the Rangers. I had to match what other people were going to overpay him at. Um and so, you know, and then so 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 it's it's difficult to get back up to the top. Then we signed Gretz um, because 
really and truly we were, you know, we were, we didn't have a center. Like we had mess and then, but we were missing one center. And I, I said to Colin Campbell, I said, to, like, how could we not sign this guy? It's Wayne Gretzky. Like if he, if we can get him, we got to get him. Uh, he, I think he was afraid of having, you know, mess and Gretz on, on the team that he's trying to coach. And, you know, how do you set up a system and everything when those two guys together are there? Um, so it was tough. We, we were, we had that, as you guys well remember, we had that really good run in 97 back to the yep. final four. Um, and, you know, you, you try to stay there. I, I regret there's only, there's really only one trade that I regret, unless you can remind me of another one that I should regret. Um, but that <laughs> is the, that's, that's the Matthias Nordstrom uh, trade. Ray Ferraro, Ray, Ray yeah. And Ray Ferraro for uh, Yuri Curry and um, Shane Churla and Marty McSorley. Now, let me tell you how that happened. We're, we're in the, in the playoffs in 96 and Kevin Lowe and Mess both came to me and said, we're not tough enough. We're not tough enough. We got to get Marty. You got to get Marty. They both were saying that. So I'm like, okay. And then I, I had a chance to get Curry thinking Curry's a, a great two-way player. At that point in his career, he was no longer the 60 goal scorer, but he was the, you know, he was the, um, uh, Corey Perry or something, you know, of, of that day, you know, Corey Perry won MVP and now he's, he's okay playing on the fourth line, which is not many guys will do that. And Curry was like that. So we bring Curry and I figured he'd be great for Colin Campbell and the defensive part of it. Marty gives them their toughness that Kevin and um, uh, Mess said we needed. And I also got Shane Churla thrown into boot, who's was really tough. So now we got all the toughness you can ask for because these guys, we get knocked out in 95 by Philly and they figure we're going to play Philly again in 96. But guess what? We never do play Philly. We beat Montreal after losing the first two home games. And then we get put up against Pittsburgh and Ken Reckett, uh, Ken Reggett plays like he's Ken Dryden. And um, we get knocked out by Pittsburgh that year. And we never did get to play a tough team uh, at all. So I really regret Listening to them, which I didn't do very often, I didn't act on what guys said, um, and I I regret uh, Matthias Nordstrom to lose him, uh, even though Colin Campbell and those guys and the coaches were not playing him, which um, that year they he rarely dressed, and then I lost a guy I really liked that I I stole from Keenan was uh, Ian Laperriere, I got him for um, Stefan Matteau. And so Ian LaPerriere was a young, feisty, grinding guy. And I thought, this is great. You know, I love Matt Matteau. But, I mean, let's face it, his career is one goal. Um, you know, I mean, he really <laughs> was – he played well in the playoffs, but during the regular season, you couldn't you couldn't find him. You know, so, um, yeah, the, 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 it, it, to answer your question, you try and try and try to stay up there and get up there and be up there. But um, eventually – all the teams got to go back down and rework it again. And the saddest part of my career in New York was I had been telling everybody from the time, you know, we won the cup and we had to do things like wait for Tikkanen, Amante for Noonan and Matto. Uh, we had to do these things to win the cup, which is what everybody wanted 
one cup, please, God, in all my life, I need a cup. Okay, so we had to do that. Thing. But you got to know when I'm doing that, that this can't last for long when you've trading your young guys away. It can't. It can't. You're going to have to go and rebuild, but you've got your cup. So give me a break here and let me try to do this. Um, and they didn't. You know, they, they didn't because the ownership changed. It went to Dolan and 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 uh, and ITT, um, and then we had three years to miss the play missing the playoffs. Even though we had a pretty young team, we had a lot of rookies on that last team, and they turfed me. Um, and and Dave Checkett says to me, "You can't miss the playoffs three years in a row in New York." I go, "Okay." And then he misses it another four after that, so he missed it seven <laughs> in a row because he brings in Sather, which was a like just a biggest bonehead move so he um so in, in any in any case i mean there's a there's no easy way to do this and and, and even in today's game it hasn't one thing hasn't changed that's it. if you want to be good you got to be bad so it because if it's being yeah. bad it gives you kane and taves and duncan keith and all those players that win three Stanley Cups for Chicago. It's being bad um, that that gives you Crosby and Malkin and Latang and and gives Pittsburgh their run. It's being bad that you know gives these other teams um, their run. Even even I mean Vegas is a, is a is an anomaly because they started out average and and they did a good job of building above average team to very very good. Um, so, you know, you, you, there's no shortcut to it. And that's why when you talk about Pittsburgh, who's trying to shortcut the whole rebuild thing and somehow think that they can rebuild at the same time as they're going to contend, like, good luck on that one. Yeah. yeah. I just have now, one follow-up Neil, to that. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. The only reason why I bring this up is just because of the fact that it actually the anniversary of it happened recently. But the uh, the whole Joe Sackick offer sheet. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how like that went down and how you think it affected the team going forward those next few years? Yeah, I mean, Mark left in '97. I can explain that whole thing to you too um, about what happened there All years. Um, with Mark leaving. Well, what happened was simply this was. Gretzky's on the team at four and a half million. Um, Mess is on the team. I think it's I think at six at that time. Mess's contract is up. Uh, his father's his agent. Um, I go to ITT who has the purse strings, and he says, um, Rand Ariscog says to me, "You got to offer." Um, Messier's not as good as Gretzky right now. And that was true. If you remember the Philadelphia series in that and that those playoffs, Gretz was playing better. He says, offer him Gretzky's contract in one year. And I said, he's going to tell me to fuck off. <laughs> so I went down to Hilton Head where he lived. I offered it to Doug and he told me to fuck off. So, so then I come back to them and I say, you know, we, how to do something better than this. 
um, well, where's he going to go? Where can he go? Where's he going to go? Where's he going to go and get more money than this? And they raised it to five, I think, or something, and then let me go back and then multiple years. Well, by then, what happened was the guy that owned uh, Vancouver, his name was, I think, Macaw, I think. He owned a cell phone business, meaning not phones themselves, but cellular a communication business. He had been in the bidding for Gretzky the year before when we signed Gretzky. So he told Pat Quinn, you're going to sign Messier no matter what it takes. So they give Messier six years at six and a half million. And, you know, we're not coming close to that. And Mess leaves. So I get blamed for it. I don't. I don't quite understand that because I'm not the one that got the six and a half million for six years. He's the one that left and got it. If he'd wanted to stay, he had a contract offer, which by the time he left was probably five and a half or six for three years, you know, but it wasn't going to be six years. So mess goes um, to, to Vancouver. And um, so now let me get back to what your original question was. The, um, you Joe Sackett. Yeah. Uh, so, then, so then what happened was I meet with ITT and Dave Checkets. And Dave Checkets is on the board, uh, the NBA board that's got the Denver Nuggets. Um, the guy that owned the Denver Nuggets owned the Colorado Avalanche. And he was in real financial trouble. So Dave Checkets says to me, we're, let's do an offer sheet on Joe Sackick. They can't match it. I know I've been to the meetings in the NBA where I get all the financials. They're in huge trouble. I said, Dave, this is not going to work. It never works with offer sheets. They don't work in this league. They cannot let Joe Sackick go. I, I'm telling you, they can't. He says, they'll have no choice, Neil. We'll front load it. Will this, will that. I said, I'm telling you, they're not going to let them go and they're going to, they just, they can't happen. It doesn't happen in this league. So we do it because that's what they want to do. I, I stand up and, you know, take all the, the bows at the beginning and then all the crap after that saying that, you know, not telling them whose idea it was, you know, that it was the guys above me's idea. And um, we're sitting around waiting around for those, whatever that time period it is, and uh, sure enough, the Colorado owner is in, gets this, um, he's, he's part of this m making a movie. And I forget what the name of the movie was. But anyways, they fronted him money in, in, in lots of how much revenue the movie was going to make. They fronted him money. He was able to take that and, and, and match the deal. So they kept sacking which I said they would do. So, you know, the, the worst part about that is, is that you say it's not going to work. You tell them it's not going to work. It doesn't work. And it, and it's, it becomes a negative instead of a positive. It was a positive that thought of that. You might get them. You might get them. You know, oh, we're going to have Joe Sackett. It's okay. That Messi, we're going to have Joe Sackett, probably the best player in the league at that point. Right. But then when you don't get them because they match, everybody's pissed because their little dream didn't come true that they're going to get sacked. So they're all mad. 
So it, there's no positive in it if you don't get the guy. You just get crap from the fans and from and from the media um, at, at that point. So I never liked those things. I didn't. I I've never really liked signing free agents. Believe it or not, um, they asked me at ITT. Um, let's okay. Now that we didn't get Sackick, let's let's try to sign um, or let's sign um, Korea. Let's screw Eisner, who is the CEO of Disney. And I said, I'm not fucking doing that. I said, if you want to do it, you do it. I said, I live in the league. I live here. You don't. I can't do this. I take so much shit from everybody for every time we got to do this crap. And so they backed down and didn't try it. I mean, we wouldn't have got him. We would have just looked like another village idiot again. So, um, so that, that was that summer. That's what happened that summer. And, and you know, we went on to uh, have, miss the playoffs that year. That was 97, 98, right? Because mm. when we were having a bad season, it, it, it the, you know, the Rangers are, are, can't win without Messier. And in the meantime, Messier was not winning in Vancouver either. In fact, Mess, and I love Mess, so I'm not, I'm just going to give you a something factual statement here because I love Mark. Without Mark, I'm not on your show today. Um, Mark never made the playoffs again after after he left the Rangers. For the rest of his career, he never made the playoffs, including the, the all this, the three years he was in Vancouver and the years he was back in New York, never made the playoffs. So, for all the crap that I took about mess, it was all because you let mess go that we, you know, the, the team turned bad. That wasn't true. We, and and if mess had still been on our team and had not been able to perform, and we had missed the playoffs anyways, they wouldn't have blamed him. They wouldn't have blamed Gretz. They would have blamed me. They would have found another way to blame the management that we haven't given him the supporting cast that they need. Why haven't you gone out and got traded all these young guys and got more veterans to give Gretz and Mess what they need? Um, so, you know, it's all ancient history now, but I mean, that's that's the way all that stuff went down. Yeah, Neil, uh, I want to I want to get this in because uh, I love hearing your stories about the Rangers. But being the Islander guy of this group, I have to fast forward a little bit. Um, when you got hired, Islanders general manager, I think it was June of. 2006 um i was ecstatic i'm like my team's getting a you know stanley cup winning general manager after years of mike milbury and and all this nonsense and then you know you know we all know what happened it lasted about a month but um i'm sure you got good stories there but you know what was that circus all about i mean i know lafontaine i think left the day after you got let go and um you know it just makes me think like what were your visions for the team if you would have stayed on like you know, Alexa Yashin got bought out following that 06-07 season. Jason Blake walked. Like, what players did you have? In what vision did you have for the Islanders going forward? If you know you well, would have stayed there, I was. I was actually there 41 days, and um, I knew quickly in the first week that I had made a major mistake taking that <laughs> job because you walked in to a meeting we we're having in the hotel, Charles Wong. Uh, Brian Trache, the guy who ran the minor league team, non-hockey guy, ran the building in the minor league team, Mike Milbury, Ted Nolan, Pat LaFontaine, 
And now we're going to talk about free agents and who we should sign. No Ken Morrow, no scouts, no nothing. And I'm like, how are we going to talk about this? Like, first of all, you guys haven't been to hockey games. Wong and the other guy, uh, Trotz, in all fairness, hadn't been to games. He hadn't been to scouting. Like, what are we doing? Um, And then we're going to, after that, we started talking about the draft. And the chief scout is there. But none of the scouts are there. And we're going to talk about the draft now, who we think we should draft. And it's going to be decided. All this stuff's going to be decided on by this group. So the GM is basically, you know, emasculated in the whole thing because that's what a GM's supposed to do, right? So I let it go on, you know, for a while. I, I complained about it to everybody. I said, this is nuts. Like, this is insanity. You can't do this and word got back to Wong and so Wong came in and we had a talk back and forth and then lasted another couple weeks the Islanders are really lucky because on free agent day July 1st um, everybody left on a, on a vacation except for me and so it was me and Ken Morrow in my office signing those free agents. And if you remember, the free agents we signed were Sillinger, Tom Pody, uh, Simon, um, and there might have been one or one or two. I think there was a defenseman, yeah, from from that played in Washington. Remember, um, what's that? Brendan Witt. Brendan Witt. Yes, Brendan Witt. And, yep. and if you remember, the history books will show you that they made the playoffs that year in the shootout yeah. at the end of the year, but they still made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. One of the few years they ever made it. But but it was a lot because of the chemistry of the team was pretty good, and they had guys like Sillinger in that. So I was very proud of that. Um, I got to tell you, the, 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 there was my, my wife would say to me some days when I didn't want to get out of bed to go to the Nassau Coliseum, like, well, what's wrong? Why don't And I said, I, I can't stand it. I hate it there. I don't want to go there. It's just, it's, I can't, I, I just hate it. And she says, and this, and this was your dream job. To, to yeah, get, this, right? is you, this is what you always wanted. You, you know, you, you always wanted to be the, you know, replace Bill, you know, be a, the follow in Bill Torrey's footsteps, you know, beat the Rangers, uh, all these other things. And I said, I hate it. I hate it there. So, you know, he came into me and I didn't like him. He didn't like me, obviously. And I wouldn't quit. So he said, you got to tell me how much you want. You got to resign. I said, I'm, I'm not doing that. I've never quit anything in my life. So he said, um, well, then you got to, you're going to be fired. And uh, how much, you know, and I'll give you something for your time here. I said, no, you're going to give me my contract, which he didn't end up giving me at the end of all this arbitration and everything. Um, and I'll tell you this last part of this. It's, I, I called, my wife said, you got to come pick me up at the Coliseum. Like, I don't know why I didn't have my car there at all she must have dropped me off or something i can't remember and so i'm i'm driving out of the coliseum and i get a call from um ej um radic radic and he said and we're friends and he says neil is it true I said, yeah, it's fucking true. This guy's an idiot. I said, I'm just, you know, but I'm, no, no, no. He says, not that. I said, well, what do you mean? What's true? He says, 
they named Garth Snow the general manager? And I burst out laughing. And I was laughing so hard. I said, this is fantastic. This is, I said, now the world will know what I was up against. Mm-hmm. And and that's really true. You can ask my like I just was burst out laughing. You're going to make the uh, backup goalie the general manager. So the other part of this that's a gong show is that um, Rick Curran, a friend of mine, represents uh, Rick Di Di Pietro, and um, Rick Di Pietro. Um, let his con he didn't sign the qualifying offer and didn't negotiate a new contract in time for August 1st. So the rules are that if you haven't done that on August 1st, the team can pull back their offer and you're in no man's land because you don't have an offer, but you, you, your rights are, are with the Islanders and you're dangling out there with nothing. But the players will take that chance thinking, Oh, you have to have me. You can't, you can't possibly not sign me. So my thing to the Wong and Milbury and everybody was, what the hell has this guy ever done that I, that I that he thinks he can do this? I say this is not Mike Richter, you know. Uh, this guy has hasn't got you in the playoffs yet. And Wong says to me at one time, he says, you know, Ricky Ricky will play better with long contract. And I said, well maybe, but you you shouldn't give him one. He says, I, uh, what would you say if I said 15 years contract? I said, I'd say you're out of your mind. <laughs> so so Rick Curran uh, um, uh, and I set up a meeting at my office on the Monday. Okay, uh, it was a Monday, the same day that I, uh, uh, as it turns out, that this happened. So Rick's on his way to me on the train from Philadelphia. When Juan comes in, and we end the whole thing. And um, I'm convinced because Wong went to a um, America's Got Talent thing at the Nassau Coliseum on the Saturday with Rick DiPietro. He took him to the to this concert slash event. And he loved Ricky, right? I am convinced yeah. because I was going to hardball them. That's one, another one of the reasons why he wanted to get me out of there because he didn't want to run it that way. He wanted to, you know, I was with him at the practice rink in Soyoset when they ha- were having rookie camp and um, he was talking to me and he did one of these. So he's talking to me, paying attention. All of a sudden, Alexei Ashen and his girlfriend walk in and his focus went right like this. He just left me with I mean, if you don't know you're in trouble when that happens, like you, this is the yeah. guy that's running, this is the owner of the team that wants to go over and suck hold the player. And, and you know, so anyways, there was a lot of signs of just a such a dysfunctional situation. And I said, like, I can't be part of this because I'd rather make no money and keep my reputation intact than be part of a clown show and end up being thought of as one of the clowns. So that's why that all happened. Well, as a, as a fun fact for it, and if you realize it's funny, it played out. You drafted Andrew McDonald 
Andrew McDonald was traded for picks. That pick eventually turned out to Elias Sorokin. So thank you very much, Neil Smith. I'm going to take credit for that next year when I'm at the UBS yeah. Arena all the time. <laughs> you should. You absolutely should. There you go. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have Sorokin. There I've you go. Guys, <laughs> yeah. I've heard guys exactly. say shit like that before. You know, I've heard guys say shit like that, like take try to take credit for something that's that's I mean, I think that uh, Garth Snow tried to take credit for Ocposo, even though I drafted Ocposo. Oh, that's ridiculous. And, and they were yeah. not gonna yeah. let me tell you something, they were not taking Ocposo. They weren't, they were taking the defenseman that the Rangers took that year. I forget the name. You can look it up real quickly. No way. Are you serious? I Bob Sanguinetti? Yes, Sanguinetti. Oh, my goodness. Okay, oh, my go. God. And I can tell you uh, that for sure. And I told Tony Felt, uh, Feltron, who was the head coach, who had worked for me, I said, we're taking Aposo. And they didn't like that. They didn't like that at all because they thought the defenseman, Sanguinetti, is harder to get defenseman, this and that. And I said, no, Aposo's numbers on a on psychological inventory matched up against Jordan Stahl and matched up against, I think the first overall was, was that when it was Kessel? Eric I, Johnson. I Eric, okay. Eric Johnson. I said, but his, his, his profile was that of an NHL player. And I really believe in looking inside personality profiles because you can see how good they are when you're watching them, but you don't know what's going on inside of them. And sometimes that gives yep. you a look into that. So um, we took, we took a Poso and, you know, he's still playing in the league. He's still, you know, he's captain of Buffalo, but um, I, even then I, you know, I, I, I actually, I don't even remember if I've ever said, Oh, you wouldn't have a Poso if it wasn't for me. I, I don't even think I've yeah. ever said that because, what I know it. I don't need anybody else to know. Neil, let me ask I'm you glad, this question. I'm glad you took I'm glad you took him though, because I wanted the Islanders to take Peter Mueller that year, who was picked right after the Islanders with, with Phoenix. So um you made the right pick because Peter Mueller didn't really uh didn't really pan out. Yeah. <laughs> Neil, let me ask you this, because we're podcasters, so we're armchair GMs anyway. But as mm -hmm. a guy who was a GM. Uh, obviously, you mentioned the Carlson trade today. I mean, how many times do you look over and go, what are these guys thinking? <laughs> a lot of times, a lot of times, because every time that you um, I've been doing this for a long time, like since 1980, as you guys said, right, that's a long time ago now. Unfortunately, it was 43 years ago. And so I've seen a lot of stuff happen in 43 years. And I've always paid attention to management stuff because I've been in management since 1980. You know, it's not like I, you know, I, I was a fan and then I was this and then I was that. And then I eventually in the 90s, it, you know, I was always in that. So I paid attention to everything, what works, what doesn't work. And, you know, I saw Pittsburgh this season. I watched them carefully. I think they should have made it. They screwed up because they lost those games to Columbus and Chicago near the end. And that yeah. gave Florida a ticket in. Florida shouldn't have even been in the playoffs, but they, they got in. Um, and I, you know, I mean, how do you miss with Crosby and Melkin and Latang and stuff? But um, I see that they, you know, they hired Dubas. I don't know what he's ever done 
to show that he knows how to win the Stanley Cup. He never won at any level and never played. Um, uh, and, you know, he's got this terrific, um, uh, you know, reputation. I, I don't know from what, but anyway, um, they give him the keys to the castle in Pittsburgh, right? Now, I thought that we were going to see a rebuild start there. But now what I see is let's keep Sydney happy. Let's keep Gino happy. Let's keep Chris happy. Let's keep Sullivan happy. And, you know, let's rebuild while we contend. And that's not going to happen. No. You know, and here's the second part of this. I'll say it on your show. I don't say this publicly much, but what is there in Eric Carlson's resume that tells you he can win a Stanley Cup? Can he be a great defenseman and a Norris Trophy winner because he's so good offensively on a non-playoff team? Yeah, he's proven that. He's done it with Ottawa and he did it with San Jose. Is he a defensive liability? Absolutely. Nobody is, is Chris Letang at times a defensive liability? Yes. Now you got two of them. So, you know, I mean, it's great that they got Carlson. He, he is a superstar. There's no doubt about it. But like the Pavel Burry of my day, I never, I, I didn't think you could win with Pavel Burry. I just, you know, he's a great talent and all that. But I didn't think you could win with Tarasenko last year. Not, that's not to say if Tarasenko's on the team, that team definitely doesn't win. What that means is you can't bring Tarasenko in as a major cog on your team and think that you're going to put it all together and be a winning team, I, I, in my opinion. And I think the same with Carlson. I think he's a tremendous player. I don't understand what Pittsburgh's doing. They're they're trying to beat the system. You can't beat it. You gotta You got to rebuild. You can't rebuild and contend at the same time. Now, Neil, uh, before we let you go, because you're so gracious, kept a lot over, we originally said, but um, I wanted to ask you about Peter and Chris Ferraro, because they're from Long Island. Me and my counterpart, John, here, we played uh, men's league with them, and I, I worked for their father at their sporting goods store in my college years, and I, I was fortunate to spend a lot of time with them when they've home from summers. But um, when you look at them, their AHL numbers were unbelievable, but they were never able to kind of stick in the NHL long-term from when they were with the Rangers organization, you know, what did you see from them? And, you know, why do you think they, they weren't able to really just have long NHL careers? You know, I, I, I think that um, they unfortunately were born when they were born. If they had been born 20 years later or 15, whatever it is, 15 years later in today's game, they'd be, they'd have long NHL careers. I, I do think that. I think that in the the day of the power forward, um, that they simply they they weren't good enough to be able to do what Theo Fleury was able to do, for example, as a small player in that era. They just weren't they they weren't good enough to do that. Unfortunately, I, I wish they would have. They're both great kids. Um, I'm so sad for Chris that he lost his wife. Um, yeah. It's so horrible. Um, Peter is a good kid, and I met Peter Senior. Um, good family. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, I really wish they could have 
made it and it was a great story for the Rangers if they had been able to do that. Now, what I want to comment on top of that is it's amazing today, and this shows you how the game, the, 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 the game has grown and the game has changed. Adam Fox is today's Long Island Ranger, right? Yep. He's from Long Island and he's on the Rangers and he was a Ranger fan and, and he's tremendous. Who would have ever thought that a kid from Long Island could be a Norris trophy winner, you know, and, and it, the game has changed. The game has just changed. Who, who would ever think that a guy from a kid from Scottsdale, Arizona could be the MVP of the national hockey league, you know, and, and honed his skills there. Um, there's um, uh, Zucker, Jason Zucker. I know him personally. He's from Vegas and plays in the National Hockey League for many years and good player. And and that's how the game has changed. And, and you know, it, it was uh, it was really tough to be good enough coming from Long Island in the 90s. But today it's possible. I just got to extend that story a little bit because uh, uh, one of my first Ranger games I got to see at the Garden versus Ottawa in 1995, uh, right after Christmas, that um, I had the media guide and I'm looking through it and I was with two of my high school friends and my boss at the time who I worked with, uh, I worked for, had season tickets. He said, oh, you're right next to the Ferrar brothers. I'm like, oh, I don't I don't. They're saying, oh, I don't know where these guys are. They said they were next to the Ferraris. And I think it was uh, I think it was Peter that gets up and he walks out. I opened up the page right to where he was. And <laughs> it's the, 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 those media guides are great back in the day. That's uh, yeah. how I stumbled onto Peter Laviolette being uh, in the system as well. Yeah. Yeah. And he was there when I was GM. Peter was on our Flint team and then he was on a couple of the Binghamton teams, I believe. He, he his games. um that he actually, I, I just looked this up lately. His games that he played in the NHL for the Rangers came before me. I think it was with Phil uh, when he was brought up for, I think he came up for 12 games or something like that during his career or maybe less. But um, with when I was there and Roger was there and that, uh, I thought we had brought him up at times. I know we brought up Bloomberg. Was a kid's name Bloomberg, Bloomberg or something? We brought him up at one time. Remember he wouldn't fight? There was a kid in the in the in that playoffs between us and the Islanders my first year, and we had a brawl. Um, Al sent out all his tough guys, and it was the last couple minutes of the game, and we had this brawl. And Chris Nyland was on the ice, and um, uh, Blumberg was on defense for us on that shift, and somebody grabbed him, and he just turtled. He he didn't. It wasn't chicken. He just didn't believe in fighting or something. So. Anyway, a bit of trivia there too. It sounds like the uh, the anti uh, Dan Cloutier, if you will. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, Cloutier, <laughs> he loved it. Remember how he loved it? He remember him going over to the Islander bench and calling yeah, them all. I was at that game. Uh, Jeff Blumberg, actually, yes. Yeah. Jeff right. Blumberg. Yeah. 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 We had a, we had some. As I said, we had. I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure that Jansons was probably on the ice and. I know Nylon was on the ice, and uh, but we didn't have a real tough team. Remember when we had Ty Domi, Chris King, Joey Koser, and just oh yeah, you know, threw yeah, everybody away. Yeah, yeah, all oh, those guys. And then um, of course you trade. You ended up trading one of the tough guys, uh, Troy Millette, for Adam Graves. Yeah, and it wasn't really a trade, but it was. Um, but I 
it was a um, compensation, right? Compensation equal equalization, they called it. And I figured this one out that he had the same stats as Adam Graves and he'd been drafted in the same round, although in a different year. Played the same amount in the league, was a perfect match in front of a non-hockey arbitrator, right? And um, Slats goes and asks for um, uh, DeBrusque and Rice. And, and there was no correlation between those two young guys and Adam Graves. Like, how does that compensation fare? So when I put out Millette, that's how we got him for Millette, which was a – I think was a little bit of a steal. A little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I think we would all agree on that being a steal. I would say a stroke <laughs> of genius even. And then wasn't Debrusky Debr end up sending in the Messier, Messier deal, right? Yeah. Well, I sent both Rice and Debrusk in the Messier deal and Bernie Nichols. And now Louis Debrusk is the color commentator for the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> amazing. It's amazing how things work out. Yeah, but his son is really a good player in Boston. Too. Oh, yeah. Jake oh, yeah. Debrusk. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, Neil, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. I can go on and on, but I, uh, you know, feel better <laughs> keep me hostage here. Yeah, like um, you've been good enough to give but, us. But uh, this is great. This yeah, is your, your insights, you know, your is insights, a, great. This is my own problem. I said I don't. I, I make sure when I answer a question that I answer it thoroughly and accurately, so that that it's hard to get me on and off quickly because, um, and it's hard for me myself to get on and off quickly because I got to make sure that I've given. <laughs> every little bit of the answer back we have the same no, problem we love it we absolutely love it no, i absolutely love it dude you're you awesome thank you so much all right guys well, thank you so much neil thanks for having me thank you no problem thank you, thank you very, very much. much see ya oh so uh and i'll get yeah right there and wow that's 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 amazing neil smith everybody that awesome and yeah we could have kept them on for another hour if we, we could have, but we, you know, we just want to be yeah. considerate for his time. Absolutely. Uh, wow. Anthony, that, that's a heck of a story for, uh, for the wow. Islanders. So uh, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to cut you off right there. Um, so this, I don't know if I told you guys this story about the guy that I met at the, the rinks pro shop and about how um, La Fontaine left because of the fact that he, heard all these guys talking in an interview and Milbury yep. was bad mouthing them. That yep. basically confirms that. Yeah. So, no, yeah left. He, he literally left the day or the day after Neil Smith was, was let go. It was a clown show. It was he, a clown the, show. The, the, guy that I, the guy that I spoke with was good friends with LaFontaine. And he basically said that it was all those guys in like a, like a, some sort of call and mm -hmm. he could hear, um, Milbury bad mouthing LaFontaine during the call. So the fact that all these guys and it was all the guys that Neil listed were on that call. Wow. That yeah, just I, don't, I don't want to talk, I, I, I don't want to talk bad about anybody that that's obviously passed. And you know, Charles Wong, um, you know, he gets a lot of credit for keeping the Islanders here, but he was on unorth he was unorthodox. He was he was certainly unorthodox. He, he didn't. You know, he, he didn't know anything about hockey, um, you know, and to a fault, you know, he was too loyal. I mean, he, he was friends with Di Pietro, basically, and I think that got in the way of, you know, um, of, of how that all went down. And, 
you know, his relationship with Alexei Yashin. So yeah, he he certainly um, you know, didn't really didn't really know how to, know hockey and uh, but yeah, that that was that was interesting. I'll I'll speak to this comment real quick. Um, you guys all, everybody should thank Mark for that one. Mark, that was an awesome awesome. Yeah. Job. Mark, you've been doing a really good job, you know, leading the ship here. So this was a friggin' amazing pickup. Um, I mean, the Jim Dowd interview was amazing. But just yeah. Neil's stories were just like mind blowing. The fact that yeah. the Islanders wanted to take Bob Sanguinetti, the Rangers could have taken yeah. Cordero at that point, and now I just want to punch myself in the head repeatedly. <laughs> uh, and and by the way, and then the Islanders wouldn't have Kyle Oposo, who's a heck of a player. Yeah. Um. So yeah. by the way, guys. So just to also illustrate Anthony's booking guest too. He's he's working hard on this too. This one happened completely by chance. I was in Nashville walking down the street and I'm wearing this shirt and there's a friend of mine who's runs all things Islanders. He's wearing his Islander shirt. We just happened to break off from our friends to take a different route to the hotel. And he looks over and goes, Hey, nice shirt. I go, you're Neil Smith. So it's great to go back from fanboy over to being professional again. And um, we're always working on whoever the next guest is. And our last, our last two guests are Stanley Cup champions. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe we've had some great guests. That, we didn't yeah, have any. You know what, man? We, we've Cup had champions. we've had an Olympic gold medalist, or Olympics uh, silver medalist. Sorry, silver medalist. Um, Ryan Miller. Two Stanley Cup champions. We've had one of the best defensemen in the entire NHL, in Jacob Slavin, a guy who was in my top thirty countdown. More on uh, that in a little bit. More, more on that in a bit. And then, uh, I mean, we, we've had some awesome former Rangers as well between, you know, Ray Ferraro, former Ranger and Islander. Also another four, actually three former Rangers and Islanders between Ray Ferraro, Darius Kessler, and Michael Grabner. And Marty Biron. And, Mar- and Biron. Marty and Marty Biron. <laughs> and Marty Biron was also a very, very fun interview, man. He, you want to talk yeah. about one of the funniest personalities I think we've come across? Marty Biron had me in tears for yeah. half that interview. And yeah. and this guy, Ryan, the booking uh, agent on on the left over here, Ryan, Ryan Carter. And Ryan guys. Carter was another one, yeah. Ryan Carter was a great one. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Carter was on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, oh. we've had some names we on, tried. guys. I mean, we're 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 yeah. going up, man. We're we're going nowhere but up from here, boys. If if I yeah. could just if I could just speak to the sentiment, because I do have it in here, that I, I was just watching yeah keith jones was great too it sucked that you couldn't be yep. there that day yeah I, I i was bummed that i missed that one man um but i went from watching poised for glory getting seeing neil smith get introduced to to now he's on our show and it, that's it's amazing and it's great with the hard work that we're all putting in uh like i said subscriber appreciation day uh, it, we're going to be doing it next week, guys. Let me just bring that up for you, and then we're going to get to the DraftKings and Bar Talk because uh, Subscriber Appreciation Day. We got some uh, swag to give away, some Kyle Palmieri uh, stuff. We got Igor Sesterkin shirt, and you know what? I'll have some of these shirts made up, printed, and sent out to people. Uh, we'll do we'll do a bunch of them. Uh, I just want to finalize one thing, and also we're going to be. 
I'm delaying it. I'm I'm working with with Anthony. We're gonna get the t-shirts and merchandise up soon. I yeah. promise it's gonna happen. Uh, he knows more than me. I guess really quick, guys, because I clicked on it, so it's right here. Filk, what can you update about the Panarin situation in Russia? Um, I, I'm gonna be very honest with you. I I this is the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah, the only thing I've heard about it is that it's six six weeks old out of nowhere. I, I, yeah, th- there's I, really that's really about it. He got fined for firing a gun in an area supposedly where you're not supposed to fire guns. I haven't heard anything more. So uh, I I hadn't heard about this until just now. Like this is the first time I'm hearing of this. I I haven't seen anything on Twitter about it. I haven't seen anything anywhere about it. So this is all news to me, so I don't want to lie to you. Okay, well, yeah. But also, we got to take it with a grain of salt because, after all, the news from that area about Artemi Panarin is uh, fuzzy at best because of... Oh, the Andre Nazarov incident. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I get it. So, all right. Uh, But... Let's go around the league. Let's go to, uh, do some bar talk. We've had some great conversations today already. And uh, first, got to do a quick message from DraftKings. Hockey fans light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. I'm going to say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. So welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we're engaging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? So, so, I'll just have a beer. Or, you know what? God, I just need a shot. And by the way, why go to the liquor store when you can have Drizzly bring it to you? I am literally doing this right now. I'm having people over as soon as the show is over, and I was too selfish. I didn't go out and get drinks. Drizzly is bringing it to the door. I actually have to go check because that's who was calling me, I think, during the Neil Smith interview. So good thing that I screwed that one up, everybody. And don't forget <laughs> the Big Apple Hockey Trucker hats are available. And again, subscriber appreciation next weekend. Let me put that graphic up one more time for everybody. Make sure that you subscribe next week. You have to be subscribed in order to be involved in these giveaways. There's, there's another one right there. The Big Apple Hockey Hat. Uh, that one is signed, by the way, by Kyle Palmieri. Now, by the way, if you guys were on YouTube, hopefully you got a chance to see the man that's down below. Usually is up here. But you got to see his list of the top 30 NHL defensemen. Great when Anthony called and gave him his thoughts as well. 
It's a good hour to just listen to. Go ahead and do that. But I will give you one spoiler. Adam Fox claimed the top spot on Filk's ranking. Adam Fox de- deserves <clears throat> to be the top defenseman in the NHL. I'll start with you, uh, Filk. Oh, yeah, I'm going to buy around on this, obviously, um, being it's my list. But when you think about it, you watch him play 70 points a year these last two years. He's scored almost 150 points over these last two years from the defensive side of it. He's one of the, the key cogs of the entire Rangers team. He doesn't play in a team that's been nearly as stacked over the last two years as you know Colorado's team with Kale McCarr. Uh, you know, and he, I see this comment right here. Adam Fox ain't Cam McCarr. Yeah, you're you're right. He's not Cam McCarr. He's not a guy that lacks in his own zone. If you actually watch McCarr play, Devon Taves absolutely covers a ton of his mistakes. Ton of his mistakes. And not only that, but Adam Fox, the eye test and the analytics tell you that he's the all-around best defenseman in the league. So, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely going around on this. I, I, no disrespect to Cal McCarr, who I think is the best in the league offensively, but Cal McCarr is nowhere near as good defensively as Adam Fox is. I'm sorry, he's just not. Anthony. I mean, my money, Adam Fox, Cal McCarr, uh, Roman Yossi, um, probably my three – top defenseman in the league. Um, I, I mean, I, I I don't have a problem with Phil saying Fox at one at all, but for me, a round signifies that he's like night and day ahead of Yossi and McCarr. Um, they're all different in certain areas. Some are better skaters. Some are better defensively. Some are better offensively. Um, I think you can make a case for, for any of them. Um, so for that reason, I'll say I'll say beer. But again, I, I don't have any problem with him listing Fox as one. I just think they all have a case of you know claiming to be the the best defenseman in the league. So that's why I'm going with the beer. I'm going to echo what Anthony said as well. I think you could probably put those three guys add in maybe still Victor Hedman in a blender. There's there's a great crop of defensemen that are in the NHL right now. Phil has listed all of them. And uh, or the, the ones that he think are the top 30, you'd be surprised. Some of the honorable mentions of the people that are off the list. It, there is a great crop of defensemen. And I just went beer just for the sake of saying, because uh, I, I would say Fox could have won the Oros this year. Maybe even should have. And people would say, how do you leave a guy off with 100 points? Well, you did it the Roman Yossi <clears> last <throat> year. So there's a precedent. I the scored 100 points and didn't win an Oros trophy in 91. Yeah. And sometimes... Points aren't all that matters, but there are other numbers that matter. Sort of like this, Anthony. There's a player right now that's a free agent. He was a plus 41 last year. You could say that's a team statistic, but who cares? And that guy has free agent Thomas Tatar, 20 goals, 28 assists. The New York Islanders should sign him. I mean, for me, this is a round. We're at the point of the offseason now where this guy's still unsigned. Um, you know, only when you don't count the Rangers and the Oilers, because they both have to sign, you know, Evan Bouchard and Lafreniere, which will take up the rest of their cap space. There's only 10 teams that have more than $2 million in cap space. Um, so it's for Tatar, he's not getting a payday. Um, I think at this point, 
you know, he might be looking at a one-year deal worth, you know, 1.5 million. And, you know, for the Islanders, you simply, you know, you wave Carson Kuhlman and, and Ross Johnston and you're right around that ballpark. And, and if you do that, then you make Matt Martin the extra fo- uh, 13th forward. Hudson Fashing slides down to the fourth line, which, frankly, he can play in a third line, but, I mean, he's also a great fit in the fourth line. And then you plug the car in the third line of Pajot and Wallstrom, and you just added a guy that could score 20 goals to your lineup. For me, it's a no-brainer. However, I think he's going to end up in Pittsburgh. That's a lot of what I've been hearing. Um, but I think the tar is right for the picking, and, you know, I, I think, you know, he's he's going to have to settle for a one-year deal and a very short AAV. So, um you know, it's not going to happen because it's just not. But they they should, they absolutely should. Phil, um, th- this would be a layup if not for cap space. Where are the? Uh, I don't even think even if it, Anthony they make the moves that Anthony um, may uh, even said. Um, I I don't think they have enough cap space to sign him. I think it's going to take more than two million to sign Tatar. I, I think it's going to come in around like three or so million probably to get him, maybe even more. Um, I, I know that it's not going to take like the four or five million that you would figure from a 20 goal, 40 point season. But um, I, I, I just, I see right now that obviously they're, they're looking, he's, his market is dwindling and yeah, maybe the Islanders or another team could use that to their advantage, but the Islanders are negative in cap space right now, negative. And obviously that that'll change once they make one of those moves to get rid of, you know, some of the extra players and obviously they'll, they'll make it, but I I just don't see how the Islanders pull it off cap wise, but the player is an absolutely a player that they need. They need a score. They need a guy that could score 20 to 30 goals. And I've, I've been saying this for a while, even though he's not an elite sniper, I mean, he's still a, a good middle six sniper. And the Islanders, even if you're not going to get an elite sniper, you could still use one of those. So, yeah, this would, this is, I'm still going to say a round, but it would be a layup had it not be a cap space or had it not been for the cap space. Well, then I jumped the gun on the layup, but I will not jump the gun on this one. I'm going to call it a hat trick, guys. The Islanders need to figure out a way to get this to happen because. They can use somebody with a little bit more explosion. Now, he's produced everywhere that he's been. And this also gives you Oliver Wallstrom insurance that you could say, well, because if they get Oliver Wallstrom back, let's say he's not up to speed. Um, man, you know, just the, the Islanders need a winger like this guy. And, you know, those defensive numbers plus 41, it's exactly what the Islanders would love to have. They got to go get him. They, that's Thomas Tatar, he's worked out almost everywhere that he's played except for Vegas. That's about it. Big news that happened up in Boston this week, guys, because David Krejci announced his retirement. That sound that you hear is that huge hole in the middle of the ice up in New England for the Bruins. You look at the numbers in his career, 231 goals, 555 assists. Only 786 points. I could have sworn he had more at plus 166. I know everybody, they they say plus minus is overrated. Not when it's these numbers. But you look at those numbers in the playoffs, guys. 160 games. Clutch. uh, I I mean, just 128 points. Clutch. Uh, (laughs) All right. I didn't highlight that. Did you? 
Uh, I, I don't know. Accidentally, I, I was, I was going, I was going to scroll up, scroll up. Oh, and I, okay. I let it that's what he's a he's a diehard Ranger fan too. That's what's always great about that as well. Guys, David Krejci's contributions to the Bruins are vastly underrated. I'm going to start this one off, guys, because it's around for me. I you hear about the Bruins and their success. A lot of people on the outside are always going to focus Bergeron, uh, uh, Bergeron, Marchand, uh, Rask when he was there. Uh, uh, then you have uh, Chara was another big one. In 2013, the Bruins won that Stanley Cup. David Krejci was my MVP. Uh, it was either that one or, uh, yeah, I think it was that one where they, they lost to the Blackhawks. Uh, this guy, he goes away for a year. They fall down to seventh in the East. He comes back. They go to the, the best team in NHL history, albeit falling short in the first round. I, 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 I and again, I got to go around on him. Anthony. I mean, it's the guy who had a couple 70 point seasons, you know, a lot of 60 plus point season. He was a really, really good player for him. Um, you know, he was a really good second line center. Uh, I think he was one of those guys that, yeah, maybe sometimes he got lost behind the, you know, the Charas and the Tim Thomas and the Tuka Rask and, you know, Bergerons of the world. Um, you know, no doubt in my mind, you subtract him off some of those teams. You know, maybe they don't win a cup or maybe they don't go as far as they did. Um, but I, he wasn't a guy that, you know, carried them per se. So that's why I'm going to say beer, but, um, I think he was a fabulous player who had a great career. Um, you know, and I, I wished him all the best in, you know, probably finishing out his hockey playing days in the check and, you know, over, uh, in Europe. Um, but yeah, a great, great player, but I, I don't, I, I don't think he was vastly underrated. That's, I don't think he was vastly underrated. Which is fair. Yeah, I, I'm gonna echo that. I'm gonna go with Beer just because I, I I think that he's recognized by many as one of the key cogs to their to their success. Not the key guy, but one of them. And you know, obviously, you are gonna look at other guys, um, you know, for Boston's success over him. You're gonna look at Bergeron. You're gonna look at Char. You're gonna look at Marchand. I mean, in a more recent success, Pasternak, you know, his breakout and how Boston became the team that they have of the last, I would say, four or five years because of, you know, Pasternak's breaking out and that perfection line forming together and everything. So, um, but I, I will say this, for David Krejci to take an entire year off from hockey to come back, play 70 games and put up 56 points shows you how just how damn good he actually was. Yeah, and also what you guys are telling me is to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. All right. Moving on to the next one, guys. We got the Detroit Red Wings acquire Jeff Petrie from the Montreal Canadiens this week, <clears throat> and that gives them a defense core of. And I put the modified no trade clauses in there to let everybody know that they're there. Moritz Cider, Ben Sherratt, modified no trade clause. Shane Gossespierre, modified no trade clause. Hall, modified no, no trade clause. Wallman, modified no trade clause. Petrie, modified no, no trade clause. Olimata and uh, McIsaac. Whew, that was a lot. Detroit <laughs> will be forced to deal Olimata, as a friend of ours said. Anthony, start it off. Well, 
forced no, because as I said, if you look at the cap and the rosters in the you know they're where they're at right now with how many guys they have on the roster, they don't have to. I mean, they could keep everybody as is right now. But realistically, yeah, they they probably do want to move a guy like Olimata. That's gonna be a what the seventh D. I, I sent that tweet to you guys from um yeah I think it was NHL about the Red Wings D. Uh, and they, they had they had Mata wasn't included on that list. So um you know yeah if that's the case and and the coach and the management you know sees it that way too that he's not going to be a guy in the top six then yeah they they probably they probably would look to move him um but just because they're they're not going to be forced to i i mean i'm going to say beer but they likely probably will realistically because i mean why have a guy like mata with so much experience you know, sit there as a as a seventh D when you have a younger guy mistake under it. So I'll I'll go beer. I I don't see how you could have three million dollar cap hit sitting in a press box as a seventh D and play or or playing as a black ace type. Like how like Doug Lidster and those guys were in ninety four. I, I I can't I can't see that in this day and age. I, I just can't um, I'm going to buy around on this. I don't like the word forced to. Um, I mean, they technically don't have to, but yeah, I, I, I am going to stick with around on this because the other guys all have modified no trade clauses. And even if that's not the case, <clears throat> we're not going to deal Petrie, who you just signed or just traded for. You weren't going to deal Justin Hall or Shane Gossespierre, who you just signed. I mean, you're obviously not dealing more at Cider unless Steve Eisman, um, you know, somehow uh, got Alzheimer's or something like that. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't understand how that would happen. But, um, yeah, Sherratt, I don't know if anybody would really want to take on Ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt's handsomely overpaid for what he is. And then he's got a no trade protection on top of that. So, yeah, Mata seems like the odd guy out at this point. Well, I guess the word forced is the problem. I'm still going to agree with you. I'm going to go with a round on this one because I think you can't have $3 million of cap space sitting up in the press box. He's uh, the, the Red Wings have just under $6 million of projected cap space right now. But you, you just can't do that to a guy like that. There's value elsewhere. You're going to have to move him. And I think, I think it's probably going to happen before this season starts. I'm not sure if he's going to demand the trade, but you look at all those modified no trade clauses. The only guy that's not on that list is again. I I said McIsaac, you said McIsaac, and uh, so my bad on that one. And Moritz Cider, you're not moving Moritz Cider. It's just that simple. It'll be interesting to see who's going to be there. So by the way, guys, the uh, the Ottawa Senators right now have eight million. Sorry. $895,000 of uh, free cap space right now. And if you look at our Twitter, the Ottawa Senator fans are killing me right now because of, of my projections for their team. So we're going to say some good things about them right now. But the Senators are going to have to move a player to re-sign Shane Pinto. Filk, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't understand giving Vladimir Tarasenko five million for one year. It just seemed like the market didn't really 
dictate that, somebody's got to be moved. Uh, I, I can't imagine they'd be moving Dominic Kubalik. And is Matthew Joseph really worthwhile? I mean, that, that to me, that's uh, Matthew Joseph making almost three million for what he is. I'm kind of, I mean, he's a okay fourth line type player, but like, why why is he getting paid almost three million dollars? I, I I don't see it. I, he's an NHL player, but not worth it. He's somebody I would look to move. Um, Artem Zub is kind of overpaid for what he is. I know right-handed defensemen are always in demand, but Artem Zub is he's just kind of vanilla. He doesn't really – he's not a great offensive guy. He's not a top-tier shutdown defenseman. He's not super physical. Um, he's just there. He's solid. He's, he's, he's not a bad player by any means, but, I mean – if they could move him, I, I obviously they would be in real good shape. But I, I mean, those are the two guys that I would think of. And then who who's playing goal behind Corpusello? I mean, For, Forsberg uh, ended on IR, but well, what's the what's the status with him? You know, right they, now, him and Norris are on IR. What's going on with that? Yeah, and do they? Have well, they're, they're on IR because. They're on IR because the season's obviously not started yet. I would imagine once the season starts, they'll be they'll be activated from the IR, um, and they'll be ready and to then go. That, that further complicates things. Then, so I mean, it, it just it, they yeah. I mean, this is a round. They're going to have to make somebody's got to go. Anthony. Yeah, it's around, you know, $895,000 of cap space, and you have to re-sign a guy who had 20, girl, 20 goals in his first season. Um, <clears throat> Franklin Square native, too, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, 20 goals in his first season, I would, I would imagine even if they do a bridge deal, you, you know, I, I would think at a minimum, you know, what, two, $2.5 for on a you know, one-year bridge um, for a guy like him putting up the number he did in his first year. So yeah, they'll they're gonna have to move somebody, uh, whether it be waving like you know Mark Kastelik, who's on their roster, just sending him down. Um, that's another eight hundred something change on the cap, so that brings them a little closer to, you know, one one point four maybe or around there. So maybe they can get away with just doing that, but nonetheless, they have to move somebody to to resign Pinto. I I'm looking at their roster right now, and. Uh, um, now that's again, if, if you're telling me that that long-term injury money has to go back on the cap, that's going to put them over $9 million. No, over without they're not, they're, they're not, they're not on LTIR. They're on IR. So they're when All right, you're on, so that's IR, on the cap. Already, Thank you. Already Thank accounted you. for. Yeah. It's already accounted for. Okay. Then I just sound stupid for a few minutes because this is all that CBCBA <laughs> stuff I have. All right, so then that actually calms me down a little bit, and I think you're right. You you lose um, uh, what's his name again? Matthew Joseph. Artem Zub, one of those two deals. He's a he's a ten point two RFA, so you can't offer sheet him. He has no leverage, so he's gonna have to take um kind of a team friendly deal. I think 
I, I, I think they could probably get him in, but it's not going to be under 895,000. So, and you want to have some flexibility. So the, I, the name I was going to throw out there guys, if they needed a big name that they had to move, they want payroll flexibility. And you got to wonder if controversy might come into this. Do they move Drake Batherson? Yeah. I, I don't think I, I I wouldn't do it. I think Drake Batherson's uh, a hell of a player. I mean, hopefully, hopefully nothing will come out of the rumors that are coming out. Uh, Cause again, all this stuff is unsubstantiated, so I can't say anything about it yet, but uh, we'll, we'll see how. And if it was, and if it was, no one would trade for him because he would probably be facing some sort of, you know, long suspension. So I, either way, I, I don't think moving Drake Batherson is a, yeah, um, is a real is a realistic option for them at all. Alex yeah. from Edmonton, obviously, it, you know, we see what happened with him. So I, I would assume that he's part of that. So I mean, Ottawa is going to be an interesting team to look at for a, a lot of reasons, guys. Uh, we out we outlined that couple weeks ago but um like i said there's gonna be a lot there's a lot of people that were that were yelling at me on twitter this week and i broke it all down i kept on saying they were a minus team the entire year and oh they were injuries there oh there's always injuries everybody's got injuries also guys since we're still on the topic of the atlantic division the atlantic division will send five teams to the playoffs next year anthony does it happen I think we already talked about this, about, um, you know, who we, we kind of yeah. see. We said and, the Metro. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, but we already – no, it's, it's 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 shot because I don't – the Metro division is too good for there only to be three teams in the Metro and makes the playoffs. I don't um, – you know, I don't I don't see five teams going from the Atlantic. Um, you know, like I said, I, I – obviously you have – you know, b- barring any sort of, you know, catastrophic injury to, you know, guys like, you know, Ilya Sorokin or Igor Shesterkin. Um, I see the Islanders and the Rangers in the playoffs, uh, you know, again, unless something totally goes terribly wrong in Carolina. I see the Hurricanes in the playoffs. Uh, I don't see the Devils missing the playoffs. Um, you know, so, no, I, I don't I don't see any shot the Atlantic sends five teams to, to the playoffs I, I don't uh, shot. Bilk. this is a layup for a shot <laughs> that still works that's still a layup in that in that area like no like the, the, how, I don't know how you look at that division and, and think that they're they're gonna send five teams I mean Tampa Bay has lost considerable depth but I, I still think they might make it Toronto I would put them as a one lock. I mean, the who, who are the other locks in that division? I mean, is there any other team that you think of that you think is realistically a lock? Because there's got to be at least one or two more that you can say, hey, that I know that they're going to make the playoffs. Boston's up in the air right now. They 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 have a they have a gap at center that's probably about the size of the Grand Canyon right now. Like, yeah. How are you? How are you feeling that? Um, I, I, Detroit it, is Detroit really going to take that next step? I mean, are, are all those guys? They're nice little pieces, but they seem kind of like mid, if you will. So Buffalo is is Buffalo there? I mean, is Devin Levi going to um, end up being this 
ridiculous franchise goaltender and have this Henrik Lundqvist type rookie performance. I mean, that's possible, but uh, I mean, Buffalo really didn't do anything to improve their defense. So this is a shot for me. Uh, I'm going to go shot as well, guys. I think another problem that you guys are mentioning. And uh, what about the Florida Panthers? Florida Panthers are going to deal with some injuries going into this season. And uh, they kind of, they, it took them three months to get their first, uh, their first um, three game winning streak of the year. And they, they really didn't really convince me. They went on a great Cinderella run. I'm not sure if I could call them a lock. That's another team. So I don't, I don't, I don't know about that one. Uh, by the way, I hope everybody's ready for this. Bilk Kel McCarr was the NHL 24 cover player that was announced. And uh, I actually did make the graphic for you. I'm going to ask you to name as many players as you can in the span of 60 seconds, we'll say. Actually, we'll just, just him or both of us? Do you guys both want to do it? Uh, I, I, I don't care. Anthony, if you want to join in, you can. I, I mean, I could probably name them all. All right. Well, you know what? For the fun of it, why don't both you guys go and let me just. I, you want to do them in order? You can do them in order if you want. I, I, I know you can do them in order. So we're going to go from we're going to go from 97 when they started with solo cover athletes, right? Correct. Yes. OK. All right. You guys ready? Uh, see if you can alter. Uh, just go ahead. Go. Beezer. And you have to go. I mean, I I could probably name them. I mean, not in all in order. So I'll say like Danny Danny Heatley. Oh, okay. Uh, I was gonna say Beezer Forsberg, um, Lindros Pronger, Nolan Lemieux, Aginla, and then it, the 04 is the Heatley Thornton uh, Sackett one yeah. because of the issues with uh, Heatley and Thornton. Um, 05 was Nasland, 06 was LeCavalier, 07 was Ovechkin, 08 was Stahl, 9 was Fanuf, 10 was Kane, 11 was Taves, 12 was Stamkos, 13 was Giroux, 14 was um, Brodeur, 15 was Bergeron, 16 was um, – that's where I get a little fuzzy. 16 – 16 was not Subban, no. Um, he was holding the Stanley Cup. Uh, who was 16? Uh, he won it the previous year. Oh, um, Duncan Keith? No. No, it was Kane, right? No. No, no, Taze again. That's right. There you Taze go. Again. Yeah, Taze the second time. I'm sorry. Um, 17 was Subban. Tarasenko. Tar- oh, that's right. It was Tarasenko shit. Okay. Uh, 18. 18 was McDavid, right? Correct. 19 was Subban. Correct. Um, 20 was um, Matthews. Correct. 21 was Ovechkin. Correct. 22 was McDavid again. Matthews. Matthews again, sorry. Yeah, I, it was – and then 24 uh, – uh, 
23 was I don't even remember who was 23 shit. Frank Vetrano. Uh, it was wasn't it no wasn't it uh Zegris and and the but it was also the the uh Sarah Nurse. One, uh, the, yeah, yeah. Sarah Sarah Nurse. Canadian. Yeah. And then um and then obviously McCars this year. So. All right. Well, we got slowed down a little bit at the beginning, but it was a two-minute clip. So uh, we'll get some editing on there. But so first, um, that's the start with this. Let me clear this out. Guys, this is the history of the cover right here. And you can't really see it on the bottom. But the question I have is, is there an NHL cover curse and uh phil we'll start with you you know what i I, i'm gonna i'm only gonna say beer here and i know like i know that these were missed the following year in 96 97 uh, I, I know that, um, and then Forsberg, I mean, they made the playoffs. Lindros made the playoffs in 99, but he had a concussion filled season. He missed games. Flyers didn't win the cup. Flyers lost the first round after he was yeah, on there. They lost in the first round. I believe that was Buffalo that they lost to that year too. I think it was, if I'm correct. Um, Pronger actually became second defenseman in NHL history to win the Norris and the Hart in the same season, Bobby Orr being the other one, in 2000 when he was on the cover. Um, Owen Nolan had a down year. Um, 2002 was Lemieux, and yeah, he had a he had a, a year that he wasn't healthy. Um, Stamkos had a 60-goal year when he was on the cover. I mean... I don't know if there's necessarily a curse. Um, I, I I just think that I, I just think that sometimes you're just the wrong place at the wrong time. All right, so shot for that. Oh uh, no, I'm gonna go beer because like the 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 numbers support that. If we're, so, what are we basing it on? Are we basing it on the fact that they don't win the cup? I think it's that, and I guess I'll go with this, and I'm gonna go beer as well. Only because it's not the Madden curse. The Madden curse, players usually get what, injured yeah. and, and hurt after that. This one, yeah. you look at this one. We'll, I'll go through that list again. You got Beezer, who there's not really team success. Beezer, Panthers lose in the first round. For, Forsberg, uh, Avalanche lose the first round. You look at this list, they either miss the playoffs or, well, I mean, I think the Naslin one is a little bit, well, they missed the following year, I guess. That was the difference yeah. there. That was post lockout. Yeah. But then you have, but then you have the Capitals missed the playoffs. All these teams, except for Kane, that they won the Stanley Cup with that. Nobody else made it past the second round. Only Tarasenko made it past the second round. So I'm going to go with that. It's more of a team thing. It's not so much of an individual thing. So uh, I, if I'm if if I'm an Avalanche fan, based on this, don't book your tickets to the Stanley Cup final just yet even though they're still a really good team. So maybe that might be the case. Anthony, is this just an overreaction? 
Yeah, I'm gonna go shot. Um, I know the Madden curse was an actual like thing that people would talk about. Um, you know, because there are a lot of instances, and you know, I'm I'm getting old. I'm I'm almost I'm almost forty, so my memories on these things uh, fading away. But uh, I can't remember. Like I remember, you know, Michael Vick was on a cover, and then obviously we all know what happened with him. Um, I'm trying to think who else it was. Maybe well, yeah, that Michael Vick was on the Mark, cover. He broke his Mark, leg. Mark. Yeah, I just, guys, I just know back in the day, Madden, you know, Madden covers the Madden curse. That was the thing. So, uh, all right. I don't, you know, I don't remember it specifically. Like I said, it's foggy now, but it, it was more than Vic. There was other guys that were on Madden covers um, that got hurt. I don't know if it was Marshall Fox when he was on there that or, one year, and then or, all of a sudden fell off. Yeah, I don't, well, I don't, yeah, but you yeah, get the one. point. Yeah, you yeah. get, you get the point. But, uh, so guys, the second part of this question, did they choose the right guy or should it have been Matthew Kachuk to be the cover athlete, Anthony? I mean, the shot, it's based on what? I mean, they're, they're, you know, when it comes to putting a guy in a cover, it's really pretty much like catering to like the, the younger crowd and like the, the, you know, players, if you will, and most popular players, like, you know, I think a lot of, you know, younger kids who are fans in NHL, like Kel McCarr, or like Connor McDavid, just these star, you know, really good players that are electric and bring you out of your seat. So, I mean, no, Matt just a great player, but either whether it's Kachuk, whether it's McCarr, whether it's, you know, Jack Hughes, Kirill Kaprizov, I mean, you can't, you can't get it wrong. There's so much talent in the league, so I don't, you know, no. So, uh, shot. Okay. Phil? Uh, I mean, I'll say beer. I mean, they're certainly case for Matt Kachuk. I mean, for the same things that you're saying, I have the same reasons why I'll just go beer. I mean, I'm totally fine with McCarr being on there. You want to get your young superstar players on there? Then, yeah, McCarr's a great pick <clears> for that. But so is Matt Kachuk. So is Leon Dreisaitl. So is Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, I mean, so is Jack Hughes at that point. I mean, I, I, I there you name anybody, you know, Mitch, Mitch, Mitch Marner. Marner. You can go on. You know? Yeah. I mean, there are guys, William Nylander could have been another one. I mean, but <clears throat> again, where you haven't even talked about Sasha Barkov. Sasha Barkov would be a good one too. So, yeah, I mean, you could throw any young superstar name on there and it would be good. And the only, the only time that they've gone anytime recently that they've gone away from like young superstar players was when they put Ovechkin on it again in 2021. Mm -hmm. And well, this is where I'm going to say they made the mistake. First off back, I haven't bought one in a few years. And uh, I think the last one I have maybe is 2019. And the one thing I do have to bring up with this is that going back to Austin Matthews last year was the mistake. As much as Austin Matthews, I love Austin Matthews, great player, but that's where I am going to buy around on this because, you know, it should have been Kale McCarr last year because last year Kale McCarr was sensational. Everything. I mean, not that he's not great. I love watching him this year. Oh my goodness. The story of the playoffs. If it wasn't Sergey Bobrovsky or Aiden Hill, it was, it was Matt Kachuk. And Makachuk was the most marketable guy everywhere. This was the year to put him on there, I actually think. Am I twisted up about it? 
No, of course not. I mean, Cal McCarr, Cal McCarr. I mean, yeah, I do agree. I don't player. think they should be doing anything with repeat. I mean, you have so many superstars you want to market across this league and bring as household names and, and get their faces familiar with fans. Like, stop putting repeat players on the cover then at that point. Agreed. And while we're at it, <laughs> terrible uh, well, Find a round uh, on that. I know, and I'm just, I'm just I mean, saying it, that they should have put him up a lot earlier. I, I like him. I mean, I, I, don't I think actually think Mark has a great yeah. point there. It, it, you know what? He's right. The guys had back to back 100 point seasons. He's also American born. Yeah. Start marketing yeah. to an American fan base. <clears throat> Which, yeah. which, by the way, yeah, how has his father never been an NHL cover boy? He like, was for NHL Breakaway 98. Yes, I remember that. The <clears> commercial, <throat> I was named for a goal being scored. Yeah, that, that, was, that was great. By the way, just to let Anthony um, or validate Anthony on this one, Anthony is right. Mark did mess up. Look at description in the bottom right-hand corner. It has an extra R for some reason. So... Um, <laughs> I, I, it's, I, I just saw it last week. I haven't <laughs> fixed it. All right. So, guys, that's the end of Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk. We were engaging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice to drink. Do you agree, disagree with us? Guys, throw it down in the comments below. But exactly what Anthony just cited, we are playing a quick game of Puck Doku. And let me just get that up for us right now. Right now, we have. Oh, let's, let's. Let's uh let's do it like we I wasn't last week we did it but let's try not to use any of the guys that we used earlier just so it's, so it's okay. a little more Okay so do we want to use ones that we in just in general if we use the name like or specific No just like on t- just like on today on the, on the ones we did today I would stay away from the players that we that we used Okay Right. So, like, so, for, in, so um, for instance, for instance, I used um, uh, I used like Mike Motto for the Isles and the Bruins. Let's try to use someone else other than Mike Motto and who you guys. I used use Andy Hilbert Isles there, so we can't can't use Andy Hilbert there. All right. Yeah, I used Dean Chanouth. How about that one? Oh, okay. All, all right. right. So, uh, <clears throat> Isles Isles Bruins. This shouldn't be too hard at all, honestly. If you try yeah. to, even if you think of like a guy, it's uh. Um, this is definitely somebody. Well, did Brent, Brent, uh, Brent, did did Brent Severin play for the Bruins? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I'll check that up right now. You know what? I I don't think he did without looking it up. I don't think he did. Oh, guys, I got a good one that's gonna have a low score. Sean Bates, yeah, that's actually a good one. Not as low. that's probably not as low as you think, but uh, I would I would say. Well, let's check Brent Severin. See, the good thing is Anthony. No, is Brent Severin never played for the Bruins. Yeah, I never played for the Bruins. Okay. Uh, what about Rob? We, uh, we, we don't want to go that obvious. That's going to be an obvious. It's not going to give us a good score. Rob DeMille played for the Bruins. What? Rob DeMille. I don't think he played for the yeah, Islanders. Rob DeMille. That, yeah, he played for the Islanders. He was in the first <clears throat> NHL game. And yeah, Rob DeMille was an Islander. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, I don't remember him as an Islander, but okay. 
Rob DeMott, I can't believe it's 88 to 2006. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Good call. <laughs> All right. Really good call. Um, All right. Uh, Islanders Avalanche, guys. Islanders Avalanche. So I use. I use Claude Loisel, so we can't use Claude Loisel. Uh, I I know who you can use there. Who can Claude we use? Point. Claude Lapointe. Claude Lapointe's a good one. Let's go with Claude Lapointe. Yeah. Uh, my um my former uh, neighbor actually in Hicksville. Claude Lapointe. He was your neighbor? That's funny. Yeah, he was across the street. Um, Wait, is it? Did that say four point six percent? That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. That is awesome. Uh, That's a good one. I use Sean Hill. That was like 1% for me. So I forget Sean Hill is in your calendar all the time. I I use Derek King. Can't do, uh, he played for the Whalers. I use Steve Weeks. So, um, we got to figure out another one. Let's get to some of the comments. What do you guys got going on right here? Uh, Daniel Char would have been a big one. It, Ooh, it's Chris Simon going to be a little higher. No, no, I'm going to be a little. It's going to be fairly. Oh, I used. I used. Probably going to be a little for a different one. How about Kevin Weeks? Jay Lewis is saying Kevin Weeks. It's yeah, but that's going to be fairly do, obvious. I, I think people are going to know that because of of him being a uh, an analyst. <laughs> so that's going to be obvious. Anthony, go ahead. You've been you trying to get use final, yeah. <laughs> You can use Ray Ferraro because he played for, he played for the Whalers organization. I don't know how many people would would you know connect the dots of Ferraro between the Whalers uh, and Hurricanes franchise. Hold on, hold on. We got- did both, uh, hold on. Yeah. Didn't didn't Josef Vasacek play for the Islanders? He did. Yeah. Yep. Oof. All right. Which one do you he guys also- think? Vasacek, go Vasacek. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, do it. All right, we're going to go Joseph Vazicek, 1%. Anthony, I'm going to go on the private server and just check on um, Ray Ferraro for us because I think that's a good one, It might one have been too. high. It might, might be higher than one, though. I don't know. We'll, uh, yeah, just Ray Ferraro is going to be higher realize. than one right now. Yeah, but I think I agree with Anthony. A lot, not a lot of people are going to remember that he played for, for, um, yeah. for no, the I Islanders ever since I – So, all right, guys. Uh, we got Now we got Calgary. Calgary for Carolina. Calgary, um, Carolina. I used for that one. I used uh, Paul Ranheim, but that 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 gave me 0.4 percent. So I used uh, Jay. I used Jason Muzzati, which gave us 0.2 percent. Oh jeez! Oh That's wow! Gem. I um, used uh, Andrew Castle. That gave me 0.6. That's a so, good one. That's a really that good was, one. That was that was actually a pretty good one. Um, All right. Um, hey, uh, Anthony, by the way, obvious. Ray Ferraro, 10%. Yeah. Mike Commodore? I figured as much. Ooh, Mike Commodore. That might be a fairly obvious one, but Gary Roberts is definitely one um, you could use. Gary Roberts will give you very little. Not a lot of people remember him there. So then you could try Gary Roberts. Anthony, what do you think? Gary Roberts? Yeah, go. I, you give it. I think it's going to give like four percent, one percent, one percent. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I could have sworn I used them before. Okay. Yeah, um, do you know who remembers Gary Roberts on on Toronto? Yeah, Kenny we Johnson. know that. We know that. So. Well, and I was just. I thought you were alluding to Anthony there because he hated that hit. That was one oh, of the dirtiest hits I've ever yeah, seen. I did. 
uh, I got to tell you, Anthony, I was at that game. I looked over to my friend and I, I just, just said, uh-oh, he looked at me, he missed it. It's like, what do you mean? Yeah, he drilled his head into the boards. Yeah, yeah. terrible. Now, here's oh. what's funny. Um, This is one Jay Lewis is throwing out there, Alex Tangay for the That's too obvious. Fans. That's really too obvious. I'll yeah, tell you what. Too obvious. I used Wade Belak for this, um, and that was very simple. Um, I, I think that was Chris Drury. He got 1%. Chris, yeah. Um, Robin Regeer might be another one. I, uh, I used Nicholas Anderson, which was 0.0%. Um, I'm not sure Nicholas played, Anderson he played, both teams. Yeah. he played for the Island. Yeah, because he played for the Island. I, I, Anderson, but I, I, I remember him in Calgary, not in yeah. – uh, oh, he was in Quebec. That's right. He was in Quebec. Yes. Yep. Yeah, because he was on that yep. – he was on the team that lost to the Rangers. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of times I'll, I'll think of a, a former Islander and then think of – Think of that guy played for some of the teams that I'm I'm trying to figure out. And, you know, Ooh, um, who's the Saint Lyle? Is that memory. a guy? What? I'm trying to think. Wiles. John Michael Wiles. John Michael Wiles. Yeah, that would be a more fairly obvious one too. I think. Yeah, that one would be pretty obvious. Um, Calgary, Colorado. No, it's all right. It was incorrect. Oh, I put it in the wrong square. <laughs> um. Think, uh, Jay Lewis is saying Kale Hulse. That's actually a really good one, and I think that's going to get you like nothing. All right, I think that's we already used all of our good ones. Zero point one percent because that's a very obscure name. Kale Hulse, incorrect. Incorrect. Oh, geez, he never played for Colorado. Ah, rats. All right. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. Uh, yeah, don't worry re, about it. We'll keep refresh it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bruins and Flames. I for that one. I used. Let's see here. Uh, Brent Ashton. I used for that. It's funny. I, have I used West Walls. West Walls is a good one. Uh, Ashton Bruins, got me zero me point one. Bruins won. I had a good one for us. That was uh, Andrew Ferentz, or Brad Ferentz that that guy used. Yeah, you used Brad Fe- uh, It's actually Andrew, Andrew Ferentz. Brad Ferentz didn't play for those teams. Uh, okay, Brad- then it was Andrew. Yeah, it was Andrew. Um, so, uh, I guess we'll, we'll finish out the rest of this. Actually, uh, we'll see what the unique score is. Hold on, let's see if I got to get it opened up in a private browser window. There we go. And that's what happens. One mistake, you're paying for it forever. That's what my father says. So, uh, like the worst, worst part is it was his birthday last week. It's like, oh, you wish me happy birthday on the air. Yeah. And I make a joke like that. That's terrible. Quotal uh, points. Quotal point. One of um, the best quotes, Anthony, that Quotal Point gave. My friend Dana was, he said, this kid, um, this kid, uh, uh, Jason Blake, when he puts it together, he's going to be really scary and he's going to be really good. And you know what? Then Jason Blake does put it together in the very end. Bruins and Flames. Let's 
so let's get that. Shit. Over here. I assure you, everybody, I'm going to correct this real quick. Our weekly puck doku. <laughs> Window. I'm actually going to go on though. I, I'm, I told a friend that I'd go to the house. Uh, so house. So no problem. I have a I have an elegant dinner party coming right up in a second. Jay is so, saying Sergey Samsonov. I will see you guys later. Take easy, Phil. Have a good one. See you later. Take care. Uh, Sergey Samsonov. By the way, he was my um when they did rookies of the year. He was uh one of my my guesses a while back. <laughs> Sergey Samsonov, Edmonton Oilers, Montreal Canadiens, Chicago Blackhawks, but never a uh, – oh, oh, he's saying, yeah, he was never on Colorado or Calgary. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess, Anthony, we could just speed this up and put in our own numbers. <laughs> yeah, I used um, Dave – I used Dave Tippett for the Capitals and the uh, – uh, Scroll up. What's the other? Carolina. Hurricanes. All right. Dave yeah. Tippett. Isn't it weird when you start doing these, the you whale. start getting the coaches of all these things? The Whalers, yeah. And yeah, then for the, the Capitals the and the. Days. I'm just going to go. Actually, I'll Capitals. go Chris Drury just yeah. so we don't cheat and use yours. That's a little bit too good. Uh, what did you get Capitals for all and the Av slash. Nordiques, I use Kit Miller. Yeah, that's amazing to remember Kit Miller. I mean, I was thinking when you put that up, I thought it was Kelly Miller, but uh, and then uh, for the for the capital of the Bruins, I use Milan Yoshina. I forgot how to spell his name. J U. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Well, just spell Milan. There you go, Milan Yoshina. Yeah. 0.4%. How about that one, Anthony? Yeah. It's better than mine. I, I had Byron Wall. Defoe. Yeah. And who was this one? Nothing, nothing beats nothing. West Walls. Oh, that's right. West Walls. I remember oh. him with Colorado. Oh, no, no T. That's right. West no Walls. Tea. No T. Nothing, uh, nothing, beats, nothing beats my Nicholas Anderson for 0.0%. That's that, amazing. Uh, that I got a. I got a zero uniqueness on this one. Zero. Wow. That was my score. That's better than, that was yeah. better than mine. Uh, I had, like I said before, uh, I, I I screwed myself because I used Keith Jones for Colorado and uh, uh, um, the Capitals. But I used Sylvan Cote for Carolina and uh, – and then they're then they were all gone. Uh, I used Sylvan Cote in uh, the Capitals, and Jim Carrey I used for the Bruins and the Capitals as well. That was a three percenter, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey won a Vesna. He was a three percenter in that case. So that's a little bit amazing. All right, guys. Once again, uh, this is this is truly a special day. We had Neil Smith joining us today. It's incredible. I, I think about this and I think about being um, just here where I started, where I was just recording videos three years ago. And I'll probably tell the story again next week. But 
three years ago, I was recording videos here and uh, for an upstart YouTube channel because I had spare time. And now here we are, a weekly podcast, and we're growing more every single day. And we're growing more because people like you. Next week is going to be subscribers appreciation. So I can't wait for that. And just thinking, I went from some goofball that was ranking the best Ranger draft picks of all time to having a friend of mine join me to talk about uh, playing and then uh, having uh, having Neil Smith on the air with us, which was amazing as well. So everybody, um, let's, uh, I'm going to start by bye, but I'm going to take a couple comments first before you do that. Uh, yeah, I thought Sudoku had to match like all four sides or something like that too. Will Holmstrom make this team? I think I think Simon Holmstrom should already be on the team. I would love to get that with Anthony on that one. <laughs> and Dave, I we were running out of time, and there were other. I never got to ask him when he said about trades. You might want to correct me. The Sergey Zubov trade would have been the one I would ask. But even at that, they got tougher with Alf Samuelson. Zubov went on to the Hall of Fame. He already gave him a Stanley Cup. It's not the end of the world. The Matthias Nordstrom trade, I agree with Neil on that. Neil, um, Neil might, must really just, like, it's so hard to be on there. Will Altman and Cooley both make the team? No. I highly doubt that. Not with the amount of fourth-line guys they have, although uh, I think Dilk said during the week, he would imagine that Cooley makes it in off the dozens. I'm going to point, uh, Avin might force their hand. He, they, There were people that wanted him on the team last year. So, and yes, now I have a girlfriend. So, how about that? <laughs> David is saying, what do, uh, what do I think of not signing Riley Hughes and the guy from Michigan? Uh, actually, that's a better question for Phil. He's probably more fu- uh, fully versed on those. Um, because those guys are prospects. I think sometimes it's whenever you get guys that fall through the cracks, they're the, the stories of guys like Jonathan March or so are very rare. So yeah, it's it's one of those things. And again, you get the guys that are talking about like Julian Goche. Julian Goche. Like Julian Goche. I I think if you're planning for Julian Goche, it's not gonna work anyway. So which old vets? Uh, will the Rangers trade for that is past their prime? Great question. I have to look for who is available and because he's going to sign somebody at the trade deadline or try try trade for somebody, I mean. Because that's what Chris Drury does. Last year, he's been a GM for, for three seasons. He acquired four players last year at the trade deadline and he acquired... Uh, I believe four players at the trade deadline. Uh, yeah, Mott, Cop, uh, Braun, and uh, Vetrano. He acquired four the year before. It could be Kane again. State of Survival saying that. Um, I haven't. I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be that. By the way, State of Survival. You, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Wow, that that was crazy. Of what was going on. Insight into Julian Gauthier. 
He will drive to the net. He will make one move, and he'll either score or he won't. Uh, he just hasn't rounded out his game. I think when the play breaks down, I don't think he's a very good player. I think he's good on the rush. That's about it. Let's see how he does after that. Um, <laughs> you know what? That's not a bad one, Jay. That's not a bad one at all. That's not. And, yeah, uh, that was a great interview. It was great having Neil on. Neil Smith, man, what a fucking guy. Uh, it, it, it was great having him on. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, David Wood's saying it right here. He loves to drive the net on the forehand. And, uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work a lot at the NHL level. Yeah, he loves to just drive the net and try to beat the goalie that way. And, yeah, you can't do that. You want to do that? Do it in the AHL. Do it in the men's leagues. It's not going to work in, uh, in, uh, in the NHL. Goche was a first-round pick because he was on the Canadian World Juniors teams. That he must have won gold with one of those. And um, it was uh, – it was, uh, I, and you know what? He would, the Rangers got him for Chris Prider insurance. I still wasn't that impressed with the game. So we'll see about all that. Guys, thank you all very much. Neil Smith was on the show today. We have had two Stanley Cup winners in a row. We're hoping to make a third one. Got an inter- We got a very good interview, possibly in the works. And we're going to work on some more stuff. Season is coming up. Next week, we're going to have giveaways. We're going to have so many giveaways, you're going to call me Brady Shea. And hopefully that one, that joke hit that in, in the comments. And uh, uh, can't wait to do this. I and mean, who knows? Maybe if everybody's good, I'll try to make a, a brand new uh, Big Apple Hockey uh, uh, jersey for everybody. Still trying to find a good way to find these and market them. I'm not going to market garbage to people. That's just... Not me. I'm not going to do that. We all work hard for our money and absolutely not. By the way, I can't believe description had an extra R in it. And on a lot of those things. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. That is all for the show today and tune in for a lot more. If you missed the interviews, don't worry. The Neil Smith interviews will be coming uh, in, in the short form and many of them. So see you guys soon. Take it easy.